We begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast. We pay our respects to the Elders past and present. We extend our respect to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Hi guys, welcome to Bumps and Besties, a podcast about navigating the journey to motherhood through fertility struggles, friendship and all the bumps along the way. I'm your host Lexi, along with my co-host and bestie. Hi, I'm Amy. Our podcast is here to explore the often tricky, usually emotional path to motherhood through the lens of two besties on two different paths. Laugh with us, cry with us, and know wherever you're at on your journey, you're never alone because your besties are here and we have your back. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Bumps and Besties. Hello, how are we going? I hope everyone is well and feeling excited about the change of season, whether you're on the other side of the globe and you're going into a beautiful spring or you're in Australia and you are starting to get a little bit more excited about some cooler changes. It's nice. It's a lot comfier to sleep at night. It's, yeah, unless you're in like Melbourne or Canberra, of course, where that you're is currently true. in freezing temperatures, then yeah. that can't be enjoyable. <laughs> Hopefully you've got your heaters and fuzzy socks warm and ready for you. But it feels like summer lasted forever this year, especially in it Queensland. And like, it feels like it's just been hot forever. And I feel like it was really late this year as well. Mm. Like we had our fireplace on at Christmas <laughs> and then we sweltered through February. Yeah. It was crazy. How's your week been this week, Amy? Yeah, it's good. It's been busy. Um, we are preparing for a transfer next week, which Woo-hoo! is exciting. Uh, yeah, just getting all organised so I can have a few days of doing absolutely nothing and just letting my body rest and do what it needs. That's what you need, absolutely. Yep. And yourself? I've actually had a pretty good week. Mm. I am no longer full of the nasals, which is good. So this week I'm not jumping on here and saying, I'm sick. <laughs> feeling a bit more human this week. Yeah, I am feeling human. Made it all the way through all of my gym classes this week. I had work last weekend. I have work this weekend, so... Feeling good. I feel like it's a bit of a roller coaster ride. I thought like the first trimester was rough and then it sort of seemed to trickle a little bit into my second try, but hopefully, and I don't want to speak too soon, touch wood, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling the second trimester ups. And I guess it's hard because you're comparing it to Ted's pregnancy and you felt almost instantly better in the second yes. trimester there where it's taken a little bit longer this time to yeah it has down. yeah I'm 17 weeks tomorrow and by this time with Ted I was back to working just as hard as I was you know any other times so. yeah yeah it's been uh, a roller coaster for <laughs> sure but definitely feeling more human and I think it's starting to sink in as well so yeah yeah it's starting to feel a little bit real which is scary but exciting at the same time it's not that long to go. No, it really isn't. The countdown is on somewhere between 20 and 22 weeks. I think she will be very early. Well, not very early, but early mm. because Ted was 38 and 5 and they always say the second one comes Fair earlier. Enough. So I'm yep. kind of hedging my bets for around 37 and a half to 38. So we'll see. We're not see. painting chest of drawers on delivery day this time. Absolutely <laughs> not. I've decided I'm having six weeks off before I even have her and that's probably being generous to be honest. So yeah. yes, no, I'm doing it the smart way this time <laughs> and not overloading myself because I 
am very aware of the limitations of my body now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So anyway, this week we have decided we want to just have a bit of a catch-up chat in terms of everything that we've already spoken about before. We certainly have had things pop up over the last week or two that just has resonated with previous episodes that we've spoken about. Mm -hmm. And we've thought, you know what, just because you talk about something or just because you're aware of a problem or an issue does not mean that it is instantly solved and you yeah. never have any problem with it ever again. We don't just voice it to the universe and then it disappears. No, exactly. So we thought, you know what, let's go over a few different topics that we've spoken about previously and give, I guess, a bit of a life update. Mm -hmm. So, Amy, do you want to start with, obviously we've talked in depth about your IVF cycles do you want to have a little bit of a touch base on like what this week looks like leading up to a transfer yep so we are preparing to transfer in about five days so that mm -hmm. means we're kind of down to the nitty-gritty end where i will start being very careful very mindful of what i eat trying to get the last of the tasks that i would usually do next week done so for me i have pcos which comes with insulin resistance mm -hmm which means that sugar and carbs are not my friend, yeah. um, not for my blood sugar anyway. So what I will start doing from here on out is eliminating most of the processed sugary stuff like soft drinks that I occasionally have and, you know, chocolate snacks here and there and try and really focus on if I'm going to eat something sweet, make it something natural mm -hmm. um, and make that diet really kind of clean and keep those insulin levels Mm -hmm. level mm -hmm. so that I'm not spiking those sugars and creating any inflammation in my body if I can help it yeah um so a lot of fluids and a lot of warm fluids so they always say warm uterus warm feet okay so yeah. keeping everything so you can't have a heat pack on once you've had the transfer but up yeah. until right beforehand you can so I'll be sitting at my desk with my heat pack on morning afternoon I'll go to bed with a heat pack yeah. just trying to keep that center area really warm hot drinks hot meals trying to avoid icy and super cold things and i guess it's a good week to kind of get i was gonna up say it's, it's, cooler. Good it's been cooler this week yeah so i can definitely you know have the woolly socks on have the jumpers on and kind of keep warm so it's a lot of for me just focusing on cleaning up my diet and keeping warm and all that kind of thing mm -hmm. so i will over the weekend kind of meal plan some super easy maybe some you know soups and stuff to mm -hmm. do um, on the day before the transfer, I'll probably spend a chunk of the day in the kitchen just getting ready and prepared for that as much as possible mm -hmm. and just plan things that are easy to cook that I enjoy because I'm not someone who likes being in the kitchen. So mm. if it's too much hard work, I'm not going to do it. I'm yeah. just going to be like, no, nah, let's get takeout, and which is not what we want at this point. So no, exactly. just having an exact list of what I'm going to be eating and when as we said last week, I'm a list person. I yes. like everything written down. I like to know what the plan is. So, yeah, so I will probably spend a chunk of tomorrow after I'm having lymphatic drainage, which is new to me. It's, it's something I've started this cycle. And, and this is, like, specifically for IVF. Yeah, well, yeah. you can use it for a multitude of reasons. A lot of people use it for digestion and bloating and mm -hmm. water retention. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't even aware it could help IVF until only about, like, I've, known about it for a while and I've always been kind of interested because I get quite bloated with mm. the endo and the PCOS, but I didn't know it was something that could help with fertility until a few months ago. Mm -hmm. um, but it does help with the hormones and eliminating a lot of the toxins that come with the medications yeah. that you take. Because you're still on medication now. Yeah, so I'm on more medication now than I've been for any other cycle. Yeah. Um, 
everything has been pushed up to like max dose this mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. So this lymphatic drainage, I went last week and it was great. Like I felt it definitely moves things. Like I need to pee instantly. Like yeah. they definitely move the fluids around. Um, you just keep super hydrated and just help your body along with eliminating anything that it doesn't need to have there. That's good. Yeah. So I'll do that. And then I'll spend most of tomorrow planning out the rest of my week mm-hmm. and just making sure I'm super on top of everything that, you know, I'm not staying up late to cram things in and I've got mm. plenty of rest. Yeah. Um, and yeah, hubby has a bit of more free time next week. So we're going to just concentrate on really making sure we do everything we can this time. Yeah. We got two embryos from our last collection and we are putting both back in. That's so exciting. So So will he be able to come to this transfer? Yeah, he should be able to if he wants to actually for the first. So when we first started, it was COVID. So he wasn't allowed to come into the clinic. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he will come into the transfer. He's not the most comfortable with watching a doctor put a probe inside me of course yeah <laughs> um, understandable so i i don't know that he will well we had a brief chat about it i don't think he's made up his mind yet whether he wants to be in the room or not mm-hmm. um i have said that he can stand at my head and look at the screen behind me he yeah, doesn't have to go and nice. stand me no. oh, <laughs> in fact i don't think like you too stay at the head um, end <laughs> much like having a baby just yeah. keep up near my head and yeah. watch the tv screen and yeah. that's all you need to do but yeah, so for the first time, he could come along if he wants to. He can be in the room if he would like to be. That's exciting. And yeah, so we the medications I'm on are making me feel a little bit nauseous and quite mm. tired. Um, so it's so, almost kind of like you feel pregnant already. Yeah, yeah, and funnily enough, technically, if you go by your cycle, I am technically three yeah. weeks pregnant, assuming an embryo takes. It's just but that they're not with you no, yet. They're, they're in a lab still doing alive. their growing. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so we will just try and take it relatively easy next week. And the medications I'm on are, as I said, are at max dose because we are transferring the two. Mm -hmm. My ongoing problem has been low progesterone, which is another factor with PCOS and hormones, but also because I'm quite an anxious person and anxiety and stress raises your cortisol, which is the progesterone. So it'll be a lot of spritzing lavender in my bedroom and oh, falling asleep nice. Spotify playlist instead of friends on repeat yes. and you know just doing everything to... you can to be as mindful and as relaxed as possible exactly lots of napping lots of resting and just taking it easy it sounds like a nice week coming up yeah yeah it can be <laughs> but as I said it's it's that nervousness and that yes I guess no matter how many times you've done it you can know the process inside out mm-hmm. and it still is a bit like well, now what? Yeah. So I know, for example, that they're going to put two in. I know that they usually put them on opposite sides of your uterus and not oh, together. Oh, okay. So I've got all the information they can possibly give me. I've had a scan this morning to confirm my lining is where they need it to be for a transfer. Everything's looking fine. There's no reason anything should not work. Mm-hmm. But as we know, that doesn't mean anything sometimes. So yeah. it's just, I guess... It's hope. I'm a little bit more hopeful, I'd say, this round than I have been the last four or so because mm-hmm. it's something new and it's yes. something different. And, yep. you know, we've not done two before. So that does increase the chances a little of one taking, Something's obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess the hope is a bit higher because of that, but also those standard nerves and anxiety don't go away. No, and of course. Knowing that my body has struggled thus far. It, it can get pregnant. It's happened. It's yeah. just a matter of whether it will do it this time and whether it will stay pregnant. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. yeah the hurdles don't stop, but fingers no. crossed and planning for happy results. And All right, everyone, this is <laughs> our call out to the community. 
if everyone in our 16 countries across the globe that are listening to us cross everything cross your fingers your toes your fallopian tubes whatever you've got cross it for us yeah that this is the round yeah yeah and because we've said that if we get any baby whether it's one whether it's two whatever it is from this round we won't do IVF again yeah so if that means we get one child and that's an only child that will be it because starting over again is just another toll obviously yes. if we don't have any success this round we would start again yeah um, and we would do something similar to we did last time where we would aim for high medications high number of follicles yes. and not take the blood thinner before surgery this yeah time. <laughs> yeah absolutely anyone that's like wondering what happened uh the episode the week before two weeks before yeah outlines everything that happened you know unfortunately medicine is not a perfect science still in this field so there are things that can go wrong and just didn't go exactly according to plan but we got there and we have two embryos and we are hopeful for them and look i guess it's it's kind of reassuring knowing that if we need to go again we can Mm -hmm. but it's also almost like this could be this could the be the end baby. like this if we have a baby this could be the end of ivf which would be wow. the first time in like eight years that i don't have fertility treatments to focus on yeah which would be weird but it would be nice to kind of yeah close that but we'll see how we go and i suppose that's the thing like once you are able to close this chapter of ivf your next chapter opens which is being pregnant, yep. having a full pregnancy, having a baby and yep. moving through your life with your And look, I like to say I would pick up new hobbies and things that took up time, but I'm sure a baby takes up all you know, the trust time. Trust me, you're like... <laughs> <laughs> that won't be an extra time. Okay, so no. none of the, I won't no. have the appointments and stuff, but I'll have a... Yeah, I mean, you still do. That's the crazy thing is like when you're pregnant, you've got a bunch of different appointments. There's constantly like scans and especially with IVF, this is something I've heard from a friend of mine who ended up having a successful baby through IVF. She was still at the clinic like every two to three weeks. Yeah, even All in my first pregnancy, pregnancy, I was there. So that pregnancy, if you aren't aware, went to uh, about 10 weeks and I was at the clinic every week, sometimes yeah. twice a week. So yeah. it was blood tests, it was scans, they monitor you extremely closely. Yeah. Because obviously it's taken a bit to get there, so yeah. you want to watch what's going on. We want to make sure on. everything is A-OK constantly. But, you know, it might not be a race to the clinic at 7am. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully scenario. it's a thing. little more even keeled and you'll know in advance. It's not like, oh, OK, this is happening. I have to go right now. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, yeah, that's where I'm at this week. I'm a little, I guess you can see the anxiety tendencies start to come out at mm-hmm. me in me about this time. So we spoke about mental load last week yes. or the week before and uh, last night I just said to my husband, I was washing the dishes. I was like, I can't do this. You need to come and have like, yeah. and we had a little tiff because I was like, I've done dinner, I've done work, I've done blah, 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 blah. And I had a mini meltdown and... Must have been the day for it. I, I don't know, but I felt, I was like, is this just because I'm nervous about next week or am I still at the point of burnout? Hopefully next week when hubby has some time off mm. and we're resting and there's not so much to do on the to-do list, things will settle and kind of go back to normal. But I'm definitely feeling the stress the last couple of days. Yeah. I'm just trying to get on top of everything. Yeah. No, I totally understand that. That has 100% been my week because I have been feeling better and Hubs is on holidays and he had two weeks off. So he had the week before off as well, but I was so unwell that he was just like 100% dad and he had all these plans like he has we have to put in all of his annual leave at the very beginning of the year 
So he had these two weeks and we knew they were coming up and there's a bunch of stuff we want to do at the house. Like we only bought it in October, but it's six years old. So it's getting to that point where there's like a bunch of little things Mm. that need to get done, but every weekend just never happens. So we were sort of like, okay, well, why don't we have this holiday, you at home? Because I knew I had bookings as well, sort of like through his holidays, which I was like, great. You know, while I'm getting things ready, he can look after Ted for a couple of hours and we can kind of balance it out. But because the first week he, I was so sick, he just, all he was able to do was look after Ted. Yep. So then this week, everything that I didn't get done the previous week has fallen onto this week. And it's just felt like a lot. And then obviously like Mother's Day is coming up this weekend. And I think I've definitely felt like all the mental load fall on me for that because I've had to organize an event effectively for my mother-in-law and for my mother and for me and my brother and his family. And it just all kind of like fell in a heap on me this week. And I was just like, I think... Like I get really frustrated when I'm sick anyway, but I think just having had nothing productive done the week before and thinking that I would have an extra set of hands, but not only did I not have an extra set of hands, I wasn't able to do anything. So I'd I'd also plan things and the things that we wanted to do around the house that we were going to do together. None of it happened. So this week has just been, I've been feeling better. I've been trying to manage it with him give him some breathing space because yes he is on holidays yeah but it just yeah i think yes so must have been the wind because <laughs> <laughs> we also had a lovers tip oh. and it was just i was like i am feeling just all the thing and i think as well now with my pregnancy i'm getting to that point where i'm very visibly showing that i'm pregnant so it's like having those conversations with strangers and putting it into my own mind that like, yes, actually I need to get a few extra things around the house and we need to rearrange the nursery. And there's the, the running list of things starts piling up because it's like, okay, you're about to bring, well, not about to, but you're bringing in another person. And it's like with every extra baby, like a whole new list of stuff happens. And I get to the end of the day and I'm so exhausted because of the pregnancy but I can't like ignore it anymore. So it's like, okay, no, I still need to do these things. And sometimes I just don't get stuff done on my list. And then I feel so guilty, but I'm so tired yeah. that I just physically can't do anything else. And I have to go to bed and at 9pm. Pregnancy fatigue is just unreal. So you just can't yeah. fight it. It's really hard. And Ted hasn't been sleeping through the night again. So, you know, adding... Wake ups at wake three, ups at three to five, and then having to get up at six or seven and start a day is just—it's taking its toll. And I just—I think that the constant check-in is so important. And I literally just went to my husband. I was like, "Okay, <laughs> this is where I'm at. These are the things that have really frustrated me this week," and just listed everything. And he was like, "Oh my god, okay." And he was feeling frustrated because he feels like. You know, the last week I've just been like whinging at him about stuff. And mainly it's been that I've felt so sick. So I've probably been whinging at him that I'm not able to get my stuff done. But it's interesting to see like if you just communicate, like this morning we're all good, everything's fine. We've got a plan to move through the next couple of days. 
but it is just that thing like you have to constantly work on the relationship you have Mm -hmm. to constantly check in with each other you have to constantly explain to somebody what your mental load list is looking like because it's not like it's not an instant fix you don't have one conversation and then everything's perfect it's no absolutely and there's not like a running tally sitting above your head going you know these are how many tabs i have open right now like if i'm sitting around playing with ted it probably looks like i'm just carefree and having the best time ever in my head i'm like okay i need to do this this and this for my booking this weekend i need to order this for the kids room i need to get this for emerson i've got an appointment on monday i need to call my parents and see if they can take her uh take ted while i'm getting my next scan like there's this constant running list and i think it's so easy if you are checking in with each other for that very, very simple conversation to end up being a huge argument because it's just you're at your wit's end, and, yeah. but you haven't communicated it. But you hit breaking point, which is exactly what happened yeah. to me last night when I was washing a fry pan and I was just like, I am about to boil over. This yeah. is me done. This is yeah. my breaking point. This is my limit. My list has gotten too long and yeah. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it is just like, I know it's like it's so easy to say and that's why we wanted to talk about this is because it's easy for us to jump on here and go communicate with your partner and everything will be great yeah but in the real world this is how it happens and that's why we're like let's just be super honest because i don't want to be putting out some fake facade that everything's happy families and we have the most perfect wonderful marriage and family and all the things like relationships are super complicated when you're adding in extra hormones and extra stress like I can't tell you how many times I've completely lost my shit at ash and then half an hour later been like I'm so sorry like I'm pregnant I am feeling all the things and I don't have anywhere else to take it out on and and it's not fair but unfortunately you've copped it and hormones like the slightest thing can tipple you like my husband yeah. will make a joke now that he won't cook burgers while i'm pregnant because he did so once <laughs> in my first pregnancy and he overcooked my burger patty oh no <laughs> i lost my marbles i was sobbing i was crying i was why have you burnt my and he was just like i tried to cook it through i thought well done yeah. with what pregnant ladies needed yeah. and i was so distraught that this burger patty, like the yeah. slightest little things can be yeah it's like being a really drunk person like you don't have all of your control over your emotional facilities you know there might be underlying valid reasons but often the thing that topples you won't be no it'll be something valid reason to be upset or nonsensical (laughs) and here's a little example of like just trying your best to catch yourself so it was two nights ago it was quite cold and we were doing the bedtime bath time routine and ash had had his shower he'd washed ted he'd handed him over and then i dry ted get him into his pjs once ash is out of the shower he takes him off into the playroom they have a good 15 minutes of just quiet play then we do the bottle and go to bed so i can have a shower at that time and that was all good and i went to have a shower and our hot water stopped working oh no and i was like seeing red and i was like he's used all the hot water (laughs) and it's like it's quite chilly we live i wouldn't say in the country but we live kind of bushy so it is uh, it can be yeah it can be a little bit chilly at night and i was just like no that's not his fault something's happened 
Like, there's no reason that a shower with a child for 10 minutes would ruin the hot water. <laughs> at least you caught yourself. Calm down. I did. But it was lucky because they were already in the playroom. So I had that, like, minute to be like, not his fault. Turn it off and go and ask for help. And I just was like, okay, it's not his fault. Be calm. Be cool. Don't be emotional wreck about it. And I went, hey, um, the hot water's not working. Uh, can you go and see what's going on? And I could just see his face like, oh, my God, she's going to yell at me. <laughs> and he was just like, okay, yeah, no, 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 I'll go and fix it. Can you hold the baby? Is that, do, do you mind if you hold the baby? Is that, I'll, I'll, I'll go outside. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. And you could just see, like, the relief in his face, like, oh, <laughs> she's not blaming me for the hot water. It's okay. And I was like, oh, my God. If I Like, I was watching this whole scenario play out. And I was like, okay, so maybe, like, my emotions are being a little bit crazy if he is terrified of me. He's prepared. <laughs> and I think because I didn't have that with Ted, like, it's come as a big surprise to him. Yeah. And it's, honestly, it's come as a big surprise to me, too. I don't think I've been this emotionally unstable since I, like, first went on the pill and I was 16 years old, you know. There is no one more emotionally unstable than a pregnant lady. It, yeah. It's just, it's an interesting time. And, like, especially this pregnancy. Like, I cry at random things. Like, a friend of mine messaged me the other day and saw, like, a cute photo of Ted and our babies are quite close together. And she was like, oh, I see uh, my, what did she say, my future, you're, you're growing a very handsome future son-in-law for me and I was like on the verge of tears from her saying that just the idea of like our babies growing to fall in love together I was just like oh my god <laughs> and I was like this is ridiculous but that's just you know where you're at the that's moment. the pregnancy hormones having a chat with me so that's where it's at so yeah yeah so that'll be interesting if I do um, end up with double those hormones. Mm. I apologise in advance for my behaviour. Oh, girl. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you don't generally take it out on me. I think that's what yeah, that... happened. Like, one time I was living in Melbourne, you were having a really hard time. You called me and screamed at me on the train, and I was like, what the hell just happened? We're usually pretty good. And then yeah. we're good. There was one time I rang your doorbell when Ted was a newborn and set the dog Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was so fucking pissed. Oh, my but Lord. But we're, we're very quick to recognise yes. each other. That... And I like was like, why would you ring the doorbell? And he was like, because that's how I get into your house, you unhinged bandicoot. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. But in my head, I was like, well, if you do that, then the dog barks, and then the baby wakes up. Amy was like, what is happening here? I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm really tired. We've really had yeah. it. We're generally each other's support person yes. rather than. Yeah. Uh, no, we yell at our husbands. husbands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the poor God. things. Oh, dear. Well, guys, in saying that, coming from two emotional girlies, <laughs> that's our update. That's where we are this weekend in life. Yeah, we just wanted to give you a bit of a, a lift of the veil. Like, things are not always smooth sailing and, you know, hindsight's a fantastic thing. But the reality is that whether you are trying to conceive, if you're on IVF, if you're pregnant, if you are trying to balance a newborn, a baby, a toddler, a child it's stress mm. and it's real life like you're trying to if if you're lucky enough you can try and do this with somebody else but you've just got to be so conscious that it's not always going to be an easy road no and, and as we said it's not something we've talked about it we've given you our two cents and a resolution and it's done these are ongoing things you work at all the time so yeah. we don't want to be seen to be kind of telling you guys this is how to fix it and be done when 
Yeah, it but... still happens behind the scenes. Exactly. It's not an <laughs> advice podcast. It's real life. So, you know, things don't always go exactly as to plan. And that's the reality of IVF and of pregnancy and of having kids. Like yeah. it's not a linear journey. There's going to be ups and downs the whole time. And whether it's that you're really struggling with your body image through the transition period or your relationship feels like it's taking a toll or you're feeling sick from your pregnancy or your IVF meds and you feel guilty about that. Like it's all valid and mm-hmm. it's all so normal as well. That's yeah, the big exactly. thing. We want to make sure that you guys feel seen and heard here because we're not about blowing it up and pretending it's something it's not. No, we are real people. Yes. We have struggles and hard weeks and apparently last night there was something going on with the moon because <laughs> everyone was having a mental breakdown. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's that's just fine. I think the, the big point is if you can try and make the resolutions, I'm sure you and Gaz are all good now as well. You just, you've got to move through the cycles of it and just yep. try and keep touch base with each other and try and be as real as you can with each other. Yep. It's not easy. We give you permission to have a sob in the shower if that's what you need. Yep. <laughs> Call your bestie, cry at her. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's why women have besties. And if you don't feel like you have a bestie, come and cry to us. Yeah. We're always open. We are here to be your community if you need it. So absolutely. You can find us on TikTok. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can add us as a friend on Facebook as well as join the discussion group mm-hmm. and if there's anything that you were looking for advice or just a Insight. sounding board or you really want us to discuss something tell us yes that's what we're here for we want to talk to you we are your besties as much as we are each other's besties yeah we can sit here and chat about the topics we want to chat about but if there's something you want to hear us talk about let us know yeah absolutely and spread the word my friends thank you so much for getting us to 16 countries already that's crazy that is wild and we pinch ourselves every week when we come on here and see that another country has decided to tune in. Hello, wherever you are in the world. <laughs> it's lovely to have you with us and we will speak with you guys next week. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.